Welcome to the Negative Space Podcast. I'm your host, Sean, and today we are going to hear a little bit from my neighbors, Mitch and Donna. I met them while hosting Tuesday Night Tacos and Trivia at Blue Ridge, and they are always kind to share their latest adventures in a Hershey's chocolate with me. It has been a pleasure to get to know them over the last few months, and it was truly an honor to interview them and listen to just a small part of the story that they have to tell. But before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsors of this episode. Summer temperatures are ramping up, and you need a cool place to chill with a nice drink in your hand. Come to Blue Ridge Brewing Company for a cool, refreshing mango tango. Sit back, relax, like you've got it made in the shade at their rooftop escape. Or maybe you're ready to spice things up after a long week with a Sunday brunch with friends featuring a Birdie Mary. That's an entire roasted chicken sitting on top of a pitcher full of Bloody Mary, ready for you to relax and enjoy the simpler things in life. Whether it's brunch on a Sunday or a night out on a Friday, Blue Ridge Brewing Company has got you covered with amazing drinks, great food to keep you coming back for more. Take a break this summer and enjoy the hospitality of Blue Ridge Brewing Company at 308 Trade Street in Greer, South Carolina. You've worked hard to make your yard a place of peace and solitude in this world. Secure that sanctuary with privacy and protection with a fence from King's Contracting, LLC. Give Russell from King's Contracting, LLC a call today to get your beautifully crafted wood, vinyl, metal, or chain link fence just the way you want it and get back to enjoying the calm of your own backyard. Call King's Contracting, LLC at 864-910-3012 for your new fence today. My interview with Mitch and Donna is split into two parts. First, we're going to take a listen to how they met and how Donna became involved with the Olympics in Atlanta in the 90s, and also how they are somehow connected to the painter Bob Ross. Later this week, we'll hear from Mitch about his work as a sales engineer for a telecommunications company and his newfound hobby as a ham radio operator. Okay. I'm, I'm a ham radio operator, so one of my hobbies is um, it's what we call activating parks. So you take your ham radio, you set up an antenna in the middle of a park, and you talk to other people. You get points for doing it. And Charleston is surrounded by a whole bunch of parks, as is Myrtle Beach, and that strip between them, Huntington Beach, and all that. Now you say parks, you're not talking about like Century Park down the road. No, you're talking state about parks. State, state or parks. national parks? Yep, and national. So they have to be, that's, that's the criteria for. Or wildlife management area. Well, yeah, there, anything state-run, so like DNR run would be, you know, same sort of thing. I've done, there's 153 of them, 152 of them in South Carolina, I've done 150. I've got two left to do. There are 152 in South Carolina, you have hit 150. Mm-hmm. How are you doing in Georgia? Uh, I've probably got eight in Georgia out of the 100 and, I think there's 147 in Georgia. So, I'm, I'm not. I'm, you've done a lot more work here in South Carolina than you ever did in. Well, this is all the last Georgia. two years, yeah. Oh, this is. <laughs> okay, so in the last two years, that means you're averaging a, a state slash national park every two days. Yeah, I do four or five in a day. He'll go out for two or three days yeah, 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 and do like eight parks yeah. in a day. In a day. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of work. That's fun. You're not messing around. 
I'm glad. I'm glad it's fun. Keeps me out of the streets. <laughs> it's true. So with ham radio, what? Obviously, you have that telecommunications background. Mm -hmm. What was the switch to ham? Oh Lord. Um, I'm not guessing you did it smoking. when you were in. Come on, here. come on. I'm guessing you weren't doing it back in high school. No, I was doing CB back in high school, and that's that's kind of the precursor to ham radio, but it's 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 not the same. It's not the same. It doesn't require licensing. No, it, it didn't at that time either. So, um, but I, I I used to when I was in high school, I worked for Radio Shack. We used to sell the, the CBs, right? So it's like kind of got the bug from there, and I, I said to myself, when I retire, I want to get my license. Well, about 10 years ago, um, my life changed a little bit uh, for all sorts of reasons. And I went and got my license. And I quit smoking first to be able to afford to buy the equipment to, well, there isn't a reason I quit. But by, it, by it, doing it, that, it was a helpful advantage it, to you quitting was you could now afford yeah. so ham how radio long, How long did it take three months of saving the pennies before I was able to buy uh, my I, first radio? Every week I put the amount I would have spent on cigarettes into a pot. And so when he reached the eight or 12 weeks, whatever it was, um, I gave him the pot and he bought his first radio. Thousand dollar radio. Which tells you a lot about how much smoking is expensive or how expensive it is. And it's, it's probably doubled in price since. Okay, I yeah. 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 So. That was that was kind of the the connection between smoking and ham radio. Okay, so ten years ago you got into ham radio, you got out of smoking. Mm -hmm. What helped you get out of smoking? Was it the ham radio? No, I've never was it a mushroom it. trip? Was it Chantix. a car wreck? Chantix. Chantix. Oh, what what what? Oh, what, what was the trigger? Yeah, walking into a hospital that had cancer written all over, and, and realizing life's too damn short. It turned out I didn't have cancer, but it, it scared the crap out. What was the first thing you did? Do you remember? Aside from plugging it in. Oh, with the radio? Yeah, with the radio. Um, it took me probably about two months to make my first contact with that radio. I had bought a smaller radio before that, a shorter range kind of thing, that I had already talked on, you know, so it was, wasn't it wasn't my very first contact. But, uh, you know, once I got the big radio, which can go real long distance. My first contact was actually a friend of mine probably 10 miles away, which is defeating the whole purpose of having this radio, but it was just fun to do it. So, but after that, it was like, you know, I was talking to people all over the world. How do you, how do you find anybody? Uh, call out, see who's there. You know? Call out, see who's there, change weight. Do you wait a day, wait two days? Well, you're not looking do for you have a message? Do you think there's like a message thing? They can leave a message just in case you're not at your radio at the time? No, no. No, okay. It so it is very it is very much an in-the-moment yeah. sort of thing. Like yeah. you are at the radio. And somebody operating. else is, and you happen to connect. That's, that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Since you started, have you noticed an increase in other people that you've been able to connect with over ham radio? Or has it been more difficult? It, it well, okay. We're, we're, ham radio is subject to solar cycles. Right? Yes. And we are in the middle of solar cycle 25. We're on the, the swinging up of it, 
in, in case you haven't noticed, the last two days there's been a lot of uh, aurora borealis very far south. So they had they were able to see the, the the northern lights in North Carolina just this week, which is unusual stuff. What that does is disrupts home communication. And so for the last few days, I haven't been able to talk to anybody of any great import you know, because of these, these solar things. But it's been like that for about the last, I'd say, five or six years. We're running and swinging up. And as we're swinging up, we will eventually get a point where we'll be able to talk to people without any effort at all anywhere in the world. And that'll be probably about two years from now. So once the solar cycle hits that point, we'll be, we'll be in great shape. But it, we're kind of in that, that bathtub area right now. So it's, it's getting better every, for everybody, not just for me. It's just getting better mm -hmm. for everybody. But we're very sensitive to it because we're like real-time communication. But it, it's, it's causing havoc with uh, GSM, with uh, cell phones. It's causing havoc with uh, GPS. It's, it's causing havoc with all sorts of... Anything uses radio, it's causing problems with Because what it does, solar flares, for instance, what they'll do is ionize the upper atmosphere. And once you ionize the upper atmosphere, things can't get through it from satellites, for instance. You know, that's a problem. And we kind of rely on the ionization to bounce off of and talk to people that way, which helps us, but only for a certain amount. You know, so. Uh, it's got its good side and bad sides. And What's the good side of this current solar cycle? Well, the good side is it's getting better for us. Okay. So that's and it's really pretty in North Carolina. Well, apparently, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw the picture today and I was going, oh my God, that's where? North Carolina. I, I didn't see where it was. It was just said North Carolina. North Carolina's not that far north from here. Think I know, but like yeah. the tip top of North Carolina. Yeah, even still. That's... It was still like five, six hours out. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. I mean, we used to see northern lights in, in when we lived in Ottawa. It was very common to see them in the summertime. But this far south? Come on. That's crazy. So. so these solar cycles, how long do they last? 13 years. 13 years. So every 13 years, it's a fun one. We go up and down. It's an up and down and back to baseline. Mm -hmm. When that happens in about two years, give or take, yeah. give or take, the sun will have given up whatever cycle it's doing, its emissions will kind of slow down. It'll start to go the other way. What 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 process of this, do you know the process that the sun is going through well, for it's, that? It's, it's a normal process. It's basically sunspots that, that it creates. And then the sunspots <clears throat> are an indicator. They're, they're more like a symptom. I guess that's the word. Uh, The, the way the space weather people talk about it is they count the number of sun, sunspots and that tells them how, uh, how much radiation we're getting from the sun. And the more sunspots for ham radio, the better. That's a good thing, right? Not necessarily good for anybody else, but it's great for us. Like, you don't want to be up in the ISS when you've got solar flares going on. That's just, you, you will die you know, if you're not careful. So, uh, but for us, it's great. You know? because we rely on the, the bouncing off the atmosphere to, to communicate. Because otherwise, if, if there was nothing to bounce off, our signals would go straight out and just keep going. What is the furthest recorded transmission that you have made? Australia. Australia. Mm -hmm. Which, from Atlanta, or is that from South Carolina? Doesn't really matter. 
uh, <laughs> it really doesn't matter when you think about it. 12,000 miles is 12,000 miles. So, You're right. Yeah. So, yeah. Whether it's 12,052 or 12,053, um, Oh yeah, I've done Australia, South Africa. China is a dead spot to me, and I don't know why I'm having trouble with it, but I know it'll get better as, as the solar cycle gets to the, peak, to the peak. You've talked to people in China before? Or? No, I haven't. That's the thing. I was all excited today. It's finally done. There was somebody from Indonesia on here. He couldn't hear me. So I was like, eh, but I could hear him. It's getting here. It's, we're, we're, we're patient. There are various ways one can communicate over ham radio, not just voice. That's right. What are the different ways that you can communicate over ham radio? There's digital, there's voice, and then there's Morse code. And Morse code is kind of digital, because it's on and off, but um, it's, it's, it's a pattern. But digital's got all sorts of communication paths in it, uh, and we use a, a function called FT8, which is... Uh, an algorithm developed by a Nobel Prize winning guy who invented it to communicate with uh, uh, spacecraft orbiting comets. You know, and it's, it's a weak signal propagation mode, it's called. And what it relies on is constant repetition of a digital signal over time so that the receiver can pick it up. Just by picking up a few parts of it, it can kind of put it all back together. That's how it works. Um, and that one's kind of neat. And that's the one I was listening to in Bijou on today. But digital's got, I don't know, 20, 30 different modes of operation that people tend to use. There's some that are um, more like a conversation. So you'll type and somebody will type back and you, know, you can have a kind of like a chat room kind of thing. Um, and then there's things like FT8, which is more like you send it, send a signal out, they'll send it back, and it's got a protocol to it that says, okay, you guys are connected, shake the hands, we're done. Okay. It's very quick. Uh, Morse code is kind of like typing back and forth, but in, in Morse code. Yeah. It just takes a little longer. Yeah, yeah. some guys are fast. Some guys are fast. Uh, Ruth, um, the sweet young thing that joined our club back in Atlanta, she was 14, I think, when she got a license. And she graduated right up to, you know, top level license, very quick. She can send Morse code at 60 words a minute, which is phenomenal. I mean, I know, I know, like, I know people that are proud of their 60 words per minute on a keyboard. Mm -hmm. And this girl is doing it at... On Morse code. On Morse code. Mm -hmm. Think about how fast that is. It's ridiculous. That's a word every second. That's how fast she's going. So, so, and to watch her go is, is amazing. You know, she's she's a musician, and so she's picked up the, the rhythm and all she's that. Got, so, she's so got. So there's probably some process in her brain that allows that Morse code to flow. Yeah. Rather than like me, I would have to think of. Yeah, each each letter. Each word individually. Yeah, and that, that's that's not how her brain works. She's already translated it into another language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, She's she's their uh, their star. Oh, we love her to death. She's phenomenal. Oh, so like, there's a group of you from Atlanta that you all stay kind of in oh, yeah. close communication yeah. with. Yeah. There's a club I used to belong to, but uh, 
when, when I was with the club, they had 100 people. There's probably 300 in it now. Very active. Very active group. And a very, a great bunch of guys. All in ham radio, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't use any other mode of communication. Oh, we do. I'm joking. <laughs> we do, but come on. It's, it's, I feel yeah. like I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna get your license, you gotta commit. Yeah, but I still got one of these. You know, I know. You know, and I by know. the way, I can talk to ham radios with this. So it's like, really? Yeah. You know, there's software. There's apps or everything. Uh, okay. You know. So it basically does like a conversion over the internet. Internet connects to a ham radio, and the ham radio then talks to it. Well, that's really interesting. You have two more sites to visit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Where are they? Fort Sumter is one of them. Okay. And the other one is a island right near Hunting Island Park. Right across from it, actually. Hunting Island State Park. It's uh, south of, uh, well, it's kind of near to Hilton Head. Are you planning on hitting those sometime this year? Oh, absolutely this year, for sure. The problem is they're, they're uh, islands. They're, yeah. <laughs> so do you, you obviously have remote equipment. You obviously have some sort of battery. Oh, yeah. But since they're islands, that poses a little bit of a problem. It's you got to walk it in, right? So yeah. That, that's the thing. And Fort Sumter is not so hard because you take the ferry, Everything I, I can carry everything in a backpack and a, a tube, basically my antenna fits into a tube, um, and that's that's easy to do. The island is snake infested. It's a marsh. It's hard to get to, and very few people go there. And there's gators. And there's gators. Yes. So I talked to a guy who actually did that part. He took a kayak across. I said, are you insane? And he's military, he's Air Force. And he's like, oh man, we've no problem. Rough and tough kind of guy. Uh, but that's not what I want to do. <laughs> so that one I'm working on. Fort Sumter I'll probably do in the next month or so. And, and after we get back from Canada. The other one is going to take some time. I've got to rent a boat. Uh, with, with a captain who is willing to take his boat to a place that doesn't have a dock. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I'm not worried about the equipment once I get there. It's easy to set up and it's very light, very small. But, uh, getting there safely is a real concern. And out. Oh, and out. You know, I'd like to get back. <laughs> You don't want that to be your last transmission. No. Let's not make that happen. No. No gator bait. What do you get when you hit all 152? What happens? Checkmark. Checkmark. Nobody throws you a party? No. no what? No. You get a certificate and that's okay. it. Okay. No. It's not a big deal. It's self-satisfaction. It's not a contest. It's not a, uh, you know, it's more about setting yourself some goals and achieving them. That's what I'm doing. And whether or not anyone cares. Yeah, nobody cares. They also have the scavenger hunt. Well, that's that's nothing to do with ham radio. That's yeah. a different thing. That's South Carolina State Parks. There's a thing called scavenger hunt. And they have a list of, I don't know what it is, 40 or 50 things you've got to do within the year. And you get points. You get points for that. And you, you achieve a certain amount of points, you get a t-shirt. 
or a back penalty, whatever, the giveaway. And then you get a few more points and you get to a draw at the end of the year where you get a big prize, which is overnight stay for a week or two at some state parks, and usually is what it is, which is fine. Okay. So that, I'm combining the two. Uh, Got it. Because when I hit state parks, let's do this guy. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of fun. Is there anything that you want to do for yourself when you're done? When I'm done what? With the 152. Next state. Got it. What's the next state? I don't know. I'll okay. figure it out when I get there. All right. Yeah. Just right now. Two parks. Okay. South Carolina. Well, yeah, so two parks. But the other thing I'm trying to do is all the states. Okay. At least okay, one so park in every state. You're yeah. at one park in every state. Yeah. So I'm at nine right now, I think. Ten? Ten, okay. ten, ten states. Ten states. Most here in the south? Oh, yeah. Okay. So South Carolina, Georgia, Florida? South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi. And then Pennsylvania, New York, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware. Okay. So a little bit up the eastern sea coast. Well, because we, when we travel to Canada, we stop. And, you know. Okay. You guys don't fly to Canada. We drive. You drive. Okay. Yeah. Minute. You know, contrary to public opinion, it's, you can drive to Canada. There's no ocean between us. No, there is not. <laughs> we had a neighbor who thought that was. She lived. She was from New Jersey. She was our neighbor in Atlanta. And she, when I said that we drove to Canada, she really didn't think that that was possible. Yeah. She's from New Jersey. Yeah. How, how could people grow up like that? It's crazy. I mean, it is New Jersey, but I agree. But still, they do have schools there. They do. With maps. With maps. Yeah. Globes. You would have thought she would have accidentally run into a globe at some point. You would think. In the last 50 years. Okay. What has been the weirdest, like, communication over ham radio you have received? Interesting comment. Well, they're all fun conversations. I mean, I can't think of anything weird that's ever happened. Okay. Wasn't sure if any number stations had popped up or any like Morse code that led to something that was not. You had to decrypt whatever the Morse code had said. No, nothing like no, that. No, you can't. You can't do code like that. You can't do anything encrypted over ham radio. It's illegal. Really? Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all going to be in the clear. Federal regulations to prevent spies from using him radio. Hmm. Yeah. I, you know, most communications I've had have been very pleasant exchanges with people. You get the odd, we call them lids, the idiots that you know jam you or cause problems otherwise. You know, but there's always going to be that. Any any group anywhere is going to have its share of yahoos. Um, it's, just, it's been good. You hear some of the same people a lot. I do talk to a lot of, when I'm in the parks, I'll talk to generally the same crowd. And uh, I've made good friends with you know, people all over the U.S., you know, Canada, and Canada. And my buddy in the Azores that tries to get me all the time. You know, nice guy. You know, 
But these guys, you know, the guys internationally, they, they're typically guys with really big antennas and lots of power. So they, they're able to punch, punch through and hit you, which is good. When I'm in the, the parks, I'll be running, it's not going to be anything to you, but I'll run 50 watts in a park. The legal limit is 1,500. So, um, so no, I, I understand. That's a that's a massive difference in yeah. the ability for you to transmit. Right. Reception doesn't matter. Obviously. You design like the computers that control your home. My design. The software is my design. Well, it's the base software is not, but the code that runs the software is my design. And actually, started my little company. I sell. I used to sell um, interfaces to smart homes. You still sell it once in a while. Once in a while. Once in a while, with the customers right, yeah. and you're feeling good that day, yeah, and you're not about to go on the road with your radio. Yeah, it's usually I'll get an order when I'm on the road, so it's like that usually happens. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, life's like that. It's it's a hobby business. So, so Absolutely, a, yeah. yeah. Not a, not a big it, you're not you're not trying to push that business. No. You're just enjoying it for what it is. Stephen has a U.S. patent. And a Canadian. Mm -hmm. U.S. Canadian patent for <laughs> a uh, protection circuit for stopping lithium disulfide batteries from exploding. Lithium disulfide batteries. What kind of battery would that be? Those are the batteries they use in aircraft uh, locator beacons. Black boxes. Mm -hmm. So you hold a patent for something that's in a black box. Mm -hmm. That's what you're telling us. Mm -hmm. Every time you guys say, we're not that interesting. <laughs> we're just a pair of Canadians that are here from Canada. And you say stuff like that. I'm like, no, you are way more well, interesting than you let on. Yeah, but... That is that is very interesting. Yeah, but it's so it basically helps it not helps it cut off properly. Or? Yeah. Well, what it so the property of lithium disulfide battery, the chemistry is such that when the voltage drops too low, the battery, the cell, reverses voltage. When it reverses voltage, the other cells drive into it, causing it to heat, and therefore heat makes boom. Yeah. yeah. No. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Get it. So um, it's it's. In lithium, so each cell has to be properly you monitor each monitored. Cell. Mm -hmm. So it, when that happens, it cuts cut it that that specific cell off well, while cuts, still cuts, providing enough power. For no, the it cuts the whole thing off. Whole thing. Off. Yeah, and the lines. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's no other way to do it. Because if, if you cut this one cell off, your battery drops, your voltage drops too low, you can't do anything with it anyway. And it's gonna, it's, it's, a, it's a positive feedback loop because one drops, you cut that one off, oh, the next one does next. Just ripple effect. Very quickly, the entire thing is compromised. Mm -hmm. Which is why you had to design something. So does it cut off all the cells from each other and the whole? No, rest just of the, the whole thing. Just the whole thing shuts off. Does it save the data? Um, there's backup batteries to the batteries, believe it or not, in, in the black box. So yeah, the data is saved. Data is saved. It's typically these ones are not used in commercial airplanes. The ones that I worked on, they use more in like fighter jets and that kind of thing. So this is military. <laughs> this 
sorry. It couldn't get any cooler than a commercial jet. No, no, no. We're in the fighter jets. Oh, okay. Yeah, but... So, Sean, I, you know, I'm not trying to make it any bigger than it seems. I really I am not. I know. I, I understand. This yeah. is this is 30-year-old technology that I'm talking about. I had this thing 30 years ago. I understand. Today's batteries, they don't use lithium disulfide anymore. They use lithium ferrous potassium fluoride, lipophorous, right? Um, which are not compromisable in the same way. They're, they're different. They have different engineering problems they do. that they have to work with. They do. But it's still an engineering problem. Somebody's working on it. And they probably might be using your design maybe a little bit. No? Well, they may use the, the idea rather than the design. The design is ancient. Right. Not quite vacuum tube, but no, pretty no, much. No. <laughs> Back there. Yeah. No. But that, I mean, vacuum tubes are still very, very interesting. They're, they're still in use. Have you ever built your own radio? Uh, as a matter of fact, I have. <laughs> It's the one what I What kind use. of radio? It's about this big. Okay. It's size of a cigarette package. It is a digital transceiver, transmitter receiver. It's five watt operation, and it works like a charm. And it's not one I designed. It's somebody else's design, but I built it. You built it. So it's digital, which means it's using... You need a computer to talk to it. So computer to the radio, That's radio the to the That's the five volt, so I'm guessing five volt from USB? Or 5-volt from external? Uh, it's actually 9-volt external. 9-volt yeah. external? Yeah, 5-watt is what it's 5 watt, I yeah. apologize. So 5-watt transmitter. How far can that go? My first contact was Slovenia, I think. What? Yeah, I know. With 5-watts of yeah, power? Yeah, I know. It's amazing what you can do. <coughs> Keep in mind, this is the, the, the algorithm that uh, Joe Taylor designed for the talking to spacecraft, right? So it's, it's very, very immune to noise, and it doesn't require a heck of a lot of power. Who, who, who designed this? Joe Taylor is this guy's name. Joe Taylor. Taylor. He's the Nobel Prize winning dude who designed the software for, for NASA at the time. For transmitting ground transmission to space. And receiving back. And receiving back. That's brilliant. I'd like to meet him someday. He's still alive. Where does he live? I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing Florida because he's NASA, but he could be Texas. Could be Texas or California. Yeah. Could, be, could be California JPL. Yeah. 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 Um, he's he's a ham, so I should be able to find him. Okay, so he is. He's one of the good guys. He's one of the good guys, still in ham, doing that thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Every now and then he'll pop up and everybody will go crazy, you know, trying to talk to him. You know, really? Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's still active. He's still active, still doing things, making making callouts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Still tuning his software, still making new improvements to it, uh, everything else. It's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a perfectionist, obviously. Yeah. And he does this recreationally. He gets better every time. <laughs> yep. That's another aspect of my that I love to bring out in people's lives is like these things that we do over and over and over and over again and we just keep getting incrementally better. Well, we have to. We have to. And it's, it's interesting how and where we express that. So, you know, ham radio or painting, 
but still mechanically the same function, I guess, in the brain, maybe. Like you're, it's not the same parts of the brain that are solving the problem, but it's a, I did a thing, how can I do it better? Does yeah, that make that, sense? Yeah, that part is the same, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. let me do it again. So it's, sometimes you try something, you're like, I'm never doing that one again. But you have obviously stayed with your hand radio for 10 years, because mm. I'm guessing Donna's not going to let you ever smoke again, so. <laughs> I don't want to smoke again. Okay, good. Thank you for listening to the Negative Space Podcast. I've been your host, Sean, and if you are enjoying this content, please click the subscribe button to get more of this every week. Also, there's a weekly newsletter that you can be involved with as well. We're starting to get a little bit of a community going here, and we'd love to hear all that you have to say about what's going on in our neck of the woods. Thank you, and go be good neighbors.